By now, you've probably heard about the wildfires that have devastated parts of eastern Australia. They've killed at least 26 people and millions of animals. More than 2,000 homes and businesses have been destroyed. Recently at the Golden Globe Awards in Hollywood, actress Jennifer Aniston wrote a letter from award winner Russell Crowe, who was absent. Crowe was in Australia helping out his mates, and he blamed it all on climate change. Make no mistake, the tragedy unfolding in Australia is climate change-based. Joining us to discuss Mr. Crowe's climate claims is climate expert Gregory Wrightstone. Mr. Wrightstone is author of the book Inconvenient Facts, the science Al Gore doesn't want you to know. Greg, it's good to see you again. So set us straight here. What do you think about Russell Crowe and others blaming the Australia wildfires on climate change? Well, he's sort of right in that it's, he's right that it's man-made, but it's a man-made devastation unrelated to climate change. Uh, we really have to look very, very similar to what we see in California. It's, uh, we can look and blame these devastating wildfires uh, on forest mismanagement and brush fire or bush management uh, practices that we've gotten away from. Uh, and I, I think it would be helpful to take a look first at a little bit of the history of Australia, uh, just quickly so, so your viewers will understand. When Australia was first inhabited by the first Aborigines, they brought with them fire, and they used it early and often, and they completely transformed the continent. They used fire for any different uh, means for hunting food. They would set fires and then catch the reptiles and marsupials as they ran away from it. And they used it as a weapon against other tribes. But basically, the entire continent uh, had been turned into a grassland that was burned, again, often several times a year. And when Captain Abel Tasman, Tasmania is named after him, uh, arrived in 1642, his logbook and his journal, he captured that Everywhere he landed, he found evidence of either fires or recent fires. He could see smoke uh, always on the distance in 1642. Uh, and then nearly a century later, when J Captain James Cook arrived, uh, he did his tour of Australia, landing at various spots, and he found the same thing. Australia has, has a long history of fire. Bush and uh, the forest, the national forest, now are large uh, forests of eucalyptus trees. And the reason the, the koala bears like eucalyptus is for the same reason they're so dangerous. They're very oily, uh, very, very flammable. Just this week, there was a report on the California fires. And the, the fire expert that, was, uh, that led the report stated that he believed that fires in California are very similar uh, to Australia. He thought that fire in the Sierra Nevadas and in California was just as important to the health of the forest. Now, get this just as important fire was to the health of the forest as is precipitation. That's a pretty bold statement, but I, I think it would go for Australia as well. Uh, and this, this isn't me saying it. This is the head of that, that study on California fire. So, so still uh, tragic, still tragic, Greg, but uh, uh, nonetheless, but uh, not really climate change. Uh, uh, look at history. Is, uh, that's what you're saying. So just before last Christmas, of course, Time Magazine, you mentioned her, uh, made young Greta Thunberg Person of the Year for her climate change advocacy around the world. And she seemed quite emotional. You remember when she angrily criticized government leaders of the U.N. saying, how dare you for stealing my dreams and my childhood with empty words. And I'm sure you'd say Greta needs to read your book. And this young mind needs some educating. What doesn't she understand, Greg? 
Oh boy, it's not just it's not what she understands. It's what she understands to be true is just not so. And there's a lot of the inconvenient facts that I capture in my book, Inconvenient Facts, uh, that she just she she doesn't know. But I think the big problem is that she what she thinks she knows just isn't supported by factual evidence. Uh, I mean, if we if we can just I can we, there's a whole laundry list of things that we go through, and she's launched these Friday strikes, climate strikes. I've been to a couple. I call them Fridays for fascists. Uh, I go there and I I talk to these people. And I get the kids. I was pretty stupid when I was 16, too. I mean, I was really dumb. Uh, we're not, we don't have to go any further into that. But it's the adults that I talk to when I go to these Friday for Fascist strike meetings. Uh, most of them here in Pittsburgh. I've been to one down in D.C. Uh, but it's how, again, it's the adults that should know better. And I go to these climate strikes, uh, these, these protests. The thing that jumps out to me is, Gary, is— how much of these, probably 50% of the signs aren't related necessarily to climate change, but rather promoting uh, socialism and communism. Uh, they're anti-capitalist by nature. Uh, the, the sign that I see most often when I go to these is uh, not climate change, system change. They want to bring down our system of government uh, and capitalism and replace it with their vision of, of utopia. Uh, which probably means that your viewers aren't given much, much discretion. Uh, they're going to be told what car to drive, how to heat their homes, if they heat their homes, how warm or cold they must be in the summer or winter. Uh, these are they, they want control of our lives. That's, that's what they're after. And this is a it's something we, we need to fight against. Okay, conserving versus deep ecology. Gregory Wrightstone, author of the book Inconvenient Facts, the science Al Gore doesn't want you to know. Thank you, Greg, for sharing those insights and setting us straight today. Thank you, Gary.